Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. On this program, we highlight the gifts of the Eastern lung of the church. That means, of course, the Eastern Catholic churches, Eastern Christian spirituality. One church, one pope, but expressed in different ways. Basically, two lungs, an Eastern approach and a Western approach. Most people are familiar with the Western approach and therefore the Latin rite, or they call it the Roman Catholic Church. But there is also the Eastern lung of the church. Those are the gifts that we present here. We present the gifts of both lungs of the church, actually, but highlighting, of course, the Eastern lung of the church, because that's what we are here at Light of the East. We're a Byzantine Catholic Church, which is one of the Eastern rites of the Catholic Church. And there are many things that differ between us, but they differ in a complementary way. Again, it's the same faith under the same pope, same one Catholic Church, but expressed differently. In other words, we both, East and West, have our own respective customs, traditions, and they're venerable, venerable ancient customs and traditions of how we express our faith, how we celebrate it. Our liturgies are different, yet at the same time, they have similarities. Our spirituality is different, yet at the same time, it has similarities between the two of us. So, what we're talking about today is the things that bind us, East and West, the things that, well, we sort of almost see an overlap in them. You see, a long time ago, in the early centuries of the church, things were not quite as distinctly complementary as they are now. They were always, to some extent. In other words, there was always the church of the East and eventually the church of the West, as the church spread throughout the world and went in different directions, largely East and West. But at the same time, there was not so much difference, but yet then they developed their own respective identities over time. You know, it evolved. It, it sort of, uh, well, it's something that responded to different times, different circumstances. For example, in the Roman Catholic Church, there was the era of the schism of Protestantism. That did not occur in the East, but the East had other schism within itself. It had the difficulties and challenges of the invasion of Islam. So we had a respective historical circumstances which helped to shape our identities, but also 
our own saints, you know, monks, monastics, fathers of the church, East and West, that help to shape our respective identities. But there are certain things that bring us together in a kind of an overlap. And remember, the differences are complementary. They're not contrasting. They're not dichotomous. They're not like one better than the other or making us both so different. They're complementary, kind of like man and woman, different yet both still human. And they come together, such as in marriage, as one, even though they remain who they are as man and woman. The church is identical to that. One church but that one church is made up of an Eastern and a Western approach, just like with marriage, just like the human race, male and female, but all human. Some of the things that bring us together are imagery. And there's two in particular. As you know, in the Eastern churches, if you listen to this program for any length of time, we're very, very much into imagery, our famous iconography. Well, there's an icon in the West, which is of, as church history goes, more recent time. In other words, it goes back to the 16th century. And this is an icon of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And in the Eastern churches, we would call this a miraculous icon made by human hand, but a very, very special human hand. And that human hand is in heaven, but appeared on earth. And that is, of course, the hand of the Blessed Virgin Mary, who painted this image of herself on the tilma, which is part of the clothing of a native Indian in Mexico. His name was Juan Diego. And this image has been around since the 16th century. And you have the privilege, if you should decide to accept this, you have the privilege to see this image, to come before it, to venerate it, to pray before it. This miraculous image of the Virgin Mary, the famous image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. We're conducting a retreat and pilgrimage from Saturday, April 20th to Saturday, April 27th in Mexico to visit and to see, to venerate this icon made by the Virgin Mary herself, and also to see some of the history of that culture. And this is a retreat and pilgrimage. We use those two words because we're going to go on pilgrimage. In other words, pilgrimage means you go on a destination, a trip to a destination that is holy. But we're also going to have some enjoyment by seeing the other sites and the historical sites of Mexico. But this is all going to be in honor of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And for information and to register for this wonderful retreat and pilgrimage, and it will be wonderful, when you look at the brochure, look at the information, you'll see that. You'll conclude that as well. Go to ByzantineCatholic.com homepage and click on the tile that says Register Here. That's how you can reserve your place on this retreat and pilgrimage. That's ByzantineCatholic.com homepage and click on the tile that says Register Here. This pilgrimage is also, as, as I mentioned, a retreat, which means I have the honor of giving the retreat talks. In other words, there'll be spiritual talks, meditations on the meaning of this icon, the meaning of our devotion to Virgin Mary, both East and West. So the central figure here will be this icon of Our Lady of Guadalupe, miraculously painted, definitely miraculously. Even science has said that. Science cannot explain how this image was painted, nor can they explain why this image has remained intact and even it was involved in a fire in the church and still is intact, just as it was when Juan Diego wore this on his own body. And this tilma, this material that the icon is painted on by the Virgin Mary, is made of corn fibers. 
which all scientists say should have decayed a long time ago. In fact, rather soon after Juan Diego wore this and the image was painted on it. They expected it to start to decay, and it has not. There's no way to explain that scientifically. There's no way to explain or to identify the material used in the painting itself, in the icon. It's miraculous through and through. Acclaimed by the church and by science. How about that? You got the church and science all on the same page on this one. So this is going to be quite an opportunity. And again, to sign up, I want to register and get more information. And the trip is Saturday, April 20th to Saturday, April 27th. Go to Byzantine Catholic homepage and click on the tile that says register here. Now there's a second icon that I see as a bonding element between the lungs east and west. And that is the icon of Our Lady of Perpetual Help. Our Lady of Perpetual Help, and it's known by other names too in the East, but Our Lady of Perpetual Help is an icon that is venerated by devout Christians for centuries from the Eastern churches and also the Western church. That's the, one of the things that I've always admired about this icon, just like the icon of Our Lady of Guadalupe. It, it binds us. There's like an overlap between the two churches. We have our respective prayers and spirituality and devotions and liturgies, as I mentioned, but there are certain things that we share in common. We sort of converge on these things. And it's not just the fact that we're under the same pope, but it's also things like this icon. The icon of Our Lady of Perpetual Help is similar in some regards to the icon of Our Lady of Guadalupe because it shows the Virgin Mary with a blue mantle on the outside of her, and then a pinkish garment on the inside of her. And these images, these colors have symbolic meaning. In both icons, the red or the pink, kind of the warm color that she wears underneath, close to her body, represents her virginity. And then the blue that goes over the top of her represents her motherhood. So, what this is saying by the colors is that she was a mother, but a virgin mother. And on the icon of Our Lady Guadalupe, we have a star in the middle of her forehead on her outer garment. And oftentimes in Byzantine iconography, there are three stars on the Virgin Mary, one on her forehead and the other two on both of her shoulders, left and right. And these stars represent the dogma of the church, that the Virgin Mary remained a virgin before, during, and after the birth of Christ. And so we see in the icon of Our Lady Guadalupe the same thing, her virginity and her motherhood coming together. The second thing we see in both of these icons, Our Lady of Perpetual Help and Our Lady of Guadalupe, is the expressions on the faces. The expressions on the face of the Virgin Mary on both icons have a certain kind of peace but a certain sort of sorrow or concern. You see, Olete Guadalupe appeared to Juan Diego at a time when the Aztecs, the native people at that time, had a custom of human sacrifice, of offering humans to their gods. And the Virgin Mary came to correct that. And that's all the reason why this is a very, very important event and image in all of North America, because it's a very, shall we say, pro-life event and pro-life image. On both of those faces, there's sort of a certain kind of, as I mentioned, a, a somberness, because in both images, both icons, the Virgin Mary is contemplating what is something that has to do with the death of innocence. 
In Our Lady of Guadalupe, it's the innocence of those children offered as human sacrifice to the Aztec gods. In the Our Lady of Perpetual Help, what's there, as you see in the icon, flanking the Virgin Mary in Christ, are two small angels that have the instruments, they're holding the instruments, and they're showing them to Christ, the instruments of what will be his suffering and death on the cross. So that's why the Virgin Mary is somber in her appearance and her facial expression. But they both also, another common thing, is they both look away in a kind of a of a gaze. They don't look right at us or at the Christ child. They look away in a kind of a gaze. And we'll talk more about that when we return. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Every day, Father Loya posts a brief two-minute Facebook video on the Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish homepage. You'll be amazed at what you can learn just by watching. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. You are listening to the Choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the Sacred Liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. Order online at byzantinecatholic.com. All we ask is a donation of $20 or more, which includes shipping and handling to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you I'm David Carollo, Executive Director of the World Apostle of Fatima USA, and you are listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. It's no secret that Father Loya and other speakers from the Tabor Life Institute are available to speak at your parish or group on marriage and family topics seen through the lens of St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body. Other topics include Eastern Christian spirituality, and the significance of art in the church. The Tabor Life Institute can arrange for marriage encounters, parish missions, and can help your parish facilitate teen faith formation in either English or Spanish. For Father Loya and other speakers, contact the Tabor Life Institute by writing to taborlife at earthlink.net. That's Tabor spelled T-A-B-O-R, life, at earthlink.net. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loyal, your host, and I am pulling together, overlapping together, the eastern and western lungs of the church. We often emphasize their complementary differences here, especially the gifts of the eastern church. But today we're looking at things that bind us, things that where there's sort of an overlap. And we featured so far two icons 
that are points of convergence between Eastern and Western Christians. One is the icon of Our Lady of Guadalupe, painted by the Virgin Mary herself, miraculously. And the other one is the icon of Our Lady of Perpetual Help. Again, some different names in the Eastern churches, but basically it's known as the icon of Our Lady of Perpetual Help. I left off before the break by saying that the facial expressions in the Virgin Mary in both icons are ones that are kind of somber, but they also kind of look away. See, the Virgin Mary oftentimes is seen looking away or even looking at us. When she's looking away, she's contemplating a mystery. In the case of both of these, it's the mystery of, well, basically, human sin, death, but also the mystery of what will be Christ's redemption. We see that also in the icon of the Nativity, the Byzantine icon of the Nativity, where the Virgin Mary doesn't look down at the Christ child as in many images of the Nativity of Christ, but she looks away because she's contemplating the mystery. And oftentimes when she looks away, she's looking at us. Now, these two icons, she's not looking at us as much, not directly, but oftentimes she looks directly at us because she's engaging our eyes, and then our eyes automatically will follow her arm from the shoulder down to her hand, which always is gesturing towards Jesus Christ. Because what she's saying, and this is especially true in the icon of Our Lady of Perpetual Help, what she's saying is that I am the intercessor. I lead you to Christ. Christ came through me. And I help to lead you to Christ even now and and forever. So her hand gestures towards Christ. Another interesting thing about her hand in their icon of a later perpetual help is that Jesus' hands, both of his hands, not just one, both of his hands are inside or laying on top of her hand, but in a downward position. In other words, palms down. And what this means is that he is this is almost like the imposition of hands in the church means the passing on of a certain power, a certain presence of the Holy Spirit. So what Jesus' hands are saying in the icon of a lady of perpetual help is that the Virgin Mary is who she is because of Christ. In other words, she makes him the mother of God, the Theotokos, the Virgin Mary. And so he's imparting the Spirit into her by the means of his hands laying kind of inside but on top of her hand that gestures towards him. So you see there's this wonderful kind of continuity, kind of like a cycle. She gestures to him with her hand, but his hand is in her hand depicting the fact that he makes her who she is so she can gesture to Jesus Christ. So interesting things in this icon. Furthermore, in this icon, we see the fact that the clothes of the Virgin Mary, and this is our icon of the Lady with Perpetual Help, the clothes of the Virgin Mary and the, you know, the garments and the garments of Jesus Christ are all depicted as in a form of royalty. And there's brilliant light coming from them. This is very typical of iconography. Light comes from within the person. You're seeing that also in the icon of Our Lady Guadalupe. Light comes within because their interior, their souls are pure and perfect. And we oftentimes use the word light. They're people of light. They're enlightened and people of light that shine bright with the light of Tabor, the light of Christ. And that's why in iconography, the source of light is not from the outside, as it is in oftentimes later Western painting, kind of a the theatrical lighting, they call that. But it comes from within the person. It's their inner beauty, their inner holiness coming out. And finally, well, there's actually not, I shouldn't say finally, but there's many other aspects of these icons. But Finally, for our purposes here, there's also the letters in the icon of a lady of perpetual help, which are abbreviations for the Theotokos. In other words, Mother of God, 
also the abbreviations for Jesus Christ. They both, of course, have halos. There are crowns oftentimes being worn by the Virgin Mary and Jesus in the icon of Our Lady Perpetual Help. Sometimes these crowns are not there, but basically the rest of the icon is always consistent. This icon of the this icon of Our Lady of Guadalupe has a whole lot more amazing symbolisms and little tricks in there that Virgin Mary put in there, actually. She was a great artist. And we're going to learn more about that when you come to our retreat and pilgrimage. And again, that is Saturday, April 20th to Saturday, April 27th. It's Saturday to Saturday in April. Again, for information to register for this wonderful retreat and pilgrimage, visit byzantinecatholic.com homepage and click on the tile that says register here. I'll be giving some talks about the Virgin Mary and about the icon of Our Lady of Guadalupe at that retreat. So if you want to hear more, you got to come along with us on this retreat and pilgrimage. Now let's move to another binding thing between East and West, and that is the rosary. Now, the rosary has an interesting history. The Eastern churches say the rosary actually was something that was prayed in the Eastern churches many centuries ago, but it eventually fell out of use. Some other things took its place. It was actually picked up by the West. Now, the West claims that the rosary was given or introduced to St. Dominic by the Virgin Mary herself. Interesting how the two lungs of the church have two different stories of the origin of the rosary. <laughs> But the Eastern churches will admit that there was something like a rosary in its history. But by and large, the rosary itself is not indigenous or has not become indigenous over the centuries to the prayer, the liturgical life of the Eastern churches. It is largely a devotion in the Western church. However, again, just like the icon of Our Lady of Perpetual Help, the rosary has a bonding or unifying dimension to it. Because it is actually very popular among many Eastern Christians, especially Eastern Catholic churches, very popular. Many Eastern Catholics have as deep a devotion to the rosary as Western Catholics, even though it's primarily a Western Catholic devotion. However, its origins, as I mentioned, could very well have been from the Eastern churches. And furthermore, this is a very interesting fact, there is actually two forms, actually I'll call it three, forms of rosary in the Eastern Church. One is the rosary of St. Seraphim of Serov, who's a Russian saint. This is in the 18th century. He developed a rosary that is very much like the rosary of the West. It has actually 15 mysteries to it, 15 mysteries like the rosary in the West. It has the mysteries of the life of the Virgin Mary relative, of course, to Jesus Christ as well. And in between, it has 10 prayers of the Virgin Mary, you know, 10 Hail Marys. Now, in the Eastern Church, the Hail Mary is just a little bit different at the end. It goes like this. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. For you have given birth to Christ the Savior and deliverer of our souls. Did you catch that? that that's the Eastern ending. But the, most of it's the same as in the West. Again, it's an overlapping, bonding, unifying prayer. So it's slightly different in the East as in the West, but still basically the same. So you've got this rosary of St. Seraphim of Seraph, but also you have something called the Jesus Prayer, or Jachatki, which is a cord that is woven into what we call like beads or knots, basically, a single cord woven into knots that is prayed very much like the rosary, except instead of the prayer of the Virgin Mary, it's the prayer of Jesus. Very simple, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, 
have mercy on me, a sinner. And ideally, you sort of synchronize that with your breathing. You breathe in during part of the prayer, breathe out. You just sort of match your prayer with your breath. And this is a prayer that developed in the monastic regions of the Eastern churches. And it's a prayer that is very much a part of the monastic tradition. But any Eastern Christian can pray this prayer. You get the prayer rope. It's called a prayer rope. And the end of the prayer rope, after all the little knots, is a cross. And the cross has a little ending on it that's kind of fluffy. And the idea of that is that you wipe your face with that. You wipe the tears of repentance that flow from praying this Jesus prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Uh, the third rosary I mentioned, a rosary-like devotion in the Eastern churches, is what we call our Akathist, the Akathist prayer, which is a brilliantly poetic prayer, a chant, as we do in the Eastern churches, describing the Virgin Mary in the most poetic, beautiful, allegorical terms. And we call this the Akathist prayer to the Virgin Mary. So these are some of the ways that we are different yet the same, yet unified, yet bonded. We overlap together in the church east and west, and that is part of the genius, the beauty of the church that breathes with two lungs. Thank you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit ByzantineCatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit ByzantineCatholic.com. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. WTN Radio for the reason that Mother Angelica founded this entire enterprise. She always saw this as a spiritual growth network. It was to be an enterprise in media that reached people in all aspects of their life. She saw this as a, a holistic approach to reaching the whole person in the middle of the world and bringing them truth and life. Raymond Arroyo thinks Catholic Radio is important. So should you. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh!